Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about humans, technology, and the intersection of human interaction and technology. Um, today is going to be a wonderful episode, a little bit about how humans work. With me, as always, is Dr. Susan Weinshank. Hello. Hi there. And I am Guthrie. So uh, today uh, we're going to do some human-y things, and we're going to talk about oxytocin and some other brain molecules, but mainly oxytocin. Um, a lot of you probably are have heard of oxytocin before. Uh, Susan, what's... You know, this is not oxycontin. Yeah, oxycontin is. Um, <laughs> That's really different. So, do do, but they both start with oxy. Yeah, that's, they do. That's and just I, because I, of their you know, chemical structure. Yeah, I didn't look up the molecular diagram before we started, but uh, I don't know what the connection is there. But they are two totally different things. So, as I'm sure most of the audience already knows, um, Susan, what is oxytocin? Well, you know. Um, can I tell a little story? Yes, you may tell a story. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we got we had uh, Paul Zach on our our show, and uh, we uh, Paul Zach is the author of the book The Moral Molecule. And if you haven't listened to that show, you should listen to it. He's wonderful. And the moral molecule that he talks about in his book is oxytocin. And then today. Hey, in the mail, this was cute. I got a, a, a word from him just thanking me for some stuff, which is amazing. You know, you don't get regular mail anymore that somebody hand wrote a note. It was like thrilling. But in there, he also had a small bottle. Uh, I'm holding it in my hand right now. It says oxytocin 10 milliliters, but it's empty. <laughs> it is empty, but I thought that was, was uh, that was our inspiration today was the, yeah because yeah. we got that so like and we had oxytocin on our list of things to maybe do a podcast on Here's so a, uh, yeah what? well okay i have a question i'm gonna bank it talk about oxytocin first and then i will ask a question a question a related question okay i'm gonna bank it so oxytocin is often called the bonding chemical so oxytocin is a chemical that your brain releases into your body um, at certain times and and it uh, releases when you are bonding with another person or actually like another animal too because it'll it'll get released um, we'll talk about animals in a minute but uh, if it's a, you're, so it's not a human um, thing it's a mammalian is it is it all is it reptiles or is it just no it's a mammal it's a mammalian thing, thing. Uh, some mammals not some all mammals, mammals. Yeah, some mammals. Some so, uh, if you hug, humans, hug, uh, by the way, are mammals. Yeah. For those of you keeping score at home. Oh yes, humans are mammals. So if you hug a friend, if you, um, you know, stroke the face of your bee, if you, uh, uh, that those are. I mean, we're going to talk about all the ways that oxytocin is released. Those are the most obvious, easiest ways. And so when you do when you're doing this physical touch with another person, your brain releases this chemical oxytocin, and that makes you feel close. It makes you feel loving. And so the, the people that you hug and the people that you stroke are the people you end up feeling like you love them. That's that's what makes that bond. That's what makes that feeling of oh, I really feel connected to this person. It's the oxytocin that's actually making you do that. Um, now, interestingly, it is uh, also released in some other acts besides, you know, hugging and and stroking. So we're gonna, we'll talk about that too. But did you do you want to ask your question yet, or should I keep going? Uh, keep going. <laughs> okay. We're not quite so, there yet. We're not quite there. So, for instance, um, and we talked. I think we talked about this with Paul Zach. If you if you pet a, a dog, um, you know, that's that's like stroking and it's soft and that'll make you release oxytocin and the research shows that the dog will also release oxytocin. So there's an example of a mammal that, you know, reacts very similar to the human, to the way the human does. And we also talked, I think, when he was done about the fact that the cat 
will sometimes release oxytocin. You'll release oxytocin if you stroke the cat, um, and the cat will sometimes release it, but not as much as a dog. I know. We really and, try you know, with cats. <laughs> they we just, really uh, try. Yeah, it just doesn't, you know, they, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> and if you, if you cuddle with a stuffed animal, you know, they're soft and fuzzy, um, that could very likely release oxytocin. But we also know that oxytocin is released when you do synchronous activities with other people, like when you do drumming, mm. you know, like a drum circle, when you sing in a choir, when you play in a band, when you dance. If you all have synchronous activity, um, that also releases oxytocin. So doing things together with other humans, especially in that rhythmic way, also bonds people together. Which, and obviously, if we just jump into the quick um, let's play Darwin, uh, why is this a thing role, um, this would be very important. You want mothers to take care of their children and not abandon the, the child. Right. You right. want... And you want children to be connected to the parents so that they'll hang around and stay taken care of and not get themselves into Right. And think about other social species. So, for example, dogs, right? You're hunting in a pack of wolves. You need to have, you need to, for the dogs to have a connection with each other so that group tasks can happen more effectively. And so that they'll protect. Yes. Because that's part of it, too. You know, you'll protect the people that you're, or the animal or the part, you know, thing in your tribe that you're connected to. Now we even, um, we've, you and I were talking, uh, I think last week, cause we were working on our presentations we're putting together and we were talking about, it's so important to connect with other people that, uh, you can actually die if you don't. Uh, yeah. So this is, uh, this is some fun research. Um, for those of you looking to really steep yourselves in Romanian orphanage research, we have the research for you. <laughs> yeah, so the, the research, um, well, there's two pieces of interesting, okay. well, there's more than two, but two areas of research around this, you know, how important is it that we socially bond with other people? Uh, and one is that there's a there's something called failure to thrive syndrome um usually i mean it could apply to adults but it usually applies to babies and the idea is that if if a young human you know an, an infant or a toddler is not does not have enough connection and that means physical touch and interaction with another person at least one person um it actually, their, their immune system starts to shut down. And uh, in some cases, it just means that they withdraw and they get sick. But in, in you know, up to a third of the cases, this means that, that they could actually die. Um, now, this is obviously not a controlled experiment. We don't take half the babies in the <laughs> study and, and no. refuse to interact with them and half the babies we do. But it's just in situations where, you know, they've been able to, researchers have been able to study this in situations where babies are getting food, you know, their, their, their basic needs are taken care of in terms of food and water to drink and that, but um, they're just, for a variety of reasons, they're not getting any social connection and they um, sometimes die from that. So that's one kind of series of studies. And then the other series well, of studies about, how, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, well, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll save my point. In, in the other series of studies about adults, we know that now there's some new research coming out that um, if uh, adults don't have enough social connection in their lives, uh, it affects their immune system and their infl inflammatory system, and then they will tend to get uh, kind of the chronic diseases like diabetes and uh, uh, heart 
heart disease and they can actually um, actually die uh, younger because they don't have enough social connection. So that's how very important social connection is. And oxytocin is a real important part of that. Now, at some point, we have to talk about how, what this has to do with technology. But So the thing that you need to, to understand from those listening is that the body needs certain things to function. We have um, biological mechanisms that rely on certain proteins and certain molecules. And we get these certain proteins and molecules in a variety of ways. You know, consumption, right, of vitamins is one way we get we get it. Um, or like cholesterol, right? We get cholesterol from eating things. But we also make cholesterol naturally. Uh, we can make a lot of a lot of different chemicals in the body. And a, a chemical like oxytocin is uh, it's apparently just a, a chemical that we need for our bodies to function properly. Um, and, and so again, without it, uh, it just, our immune systems start to fail and then you get a disease and you die. And the way we consume basically oxytocin is in a bunch of different ways. But of course the main one is social interaction. So just like you would eat, um, green leafy vegetables to get your vitamins, it's important to be able to have connections and bond with something at least uh, whether it's a pet or a fuzzy robot or a human um they have to have some sort of social connection to to be a a, a healthy uh human so that you know the idea that just because it happens in the brain you know it it it, it therefore doesn't you know can't affect your health because you know it's it's just all mental um is is not true so, didn't you go all biologistness here? Is that just that, is was that good. what happened? Thank you. No, I like that. So, yeah, um, no, no, it's really, oh, yeah, it, it is true. And, you know, when we talk about it's just mental, I mean, you know, your, your brain is not outside your body. So, yeah, there, you know, if, it, if you're talking about things that are going on mentally, if you're talking about social connections, if you're talking about relationships and feelings, you know that's all in the body and that has to do with all of these you know chemicals that your brain is re releasing they're going all through your body so yeah it's all it is all physical yep so um yeah so so what is oxy do, do you do we know the mechanism like what does it do when oxytocin is released you know i don't know that i can say i i i am not I'm not enough of a okay. uh, neurochemist to tell you or a biologist to tell you you know the oxytocin is released and then it does you know goes here and goes there and mm. connects with this molecule and that molecule I don't know I just know that when it um, it gets released you get a feeling of uh, that you care right and a feeling of attachment uh, towards whatever object, you know, tends to be in front of you. You know, it's like a magic potion, you know? You drink the love potion, <laughs> and then the first person you look at is the person you fall in love with, right? It's kind of like that. So this is, this is what I was trying to figure out. Let's say yeah. you had, let's say instead of an empty vial, he sent you a full vial yeah. of oxytocin. Yeah. Again, you got yeah. you got an empty vial of oxytocin in the mail. Yeah. Um. And yet, you you guzzled it down. <laughs> well, I think it would not. I wouldn't be guzzling it. It would be injected. You would inject, injecting okay. it straight into the bloodstream. Yeah. Yeah. What would happen? And well, let's assume know, okay. it's not a little dose. Let's assume it's a pretty big dose. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I, and first of all, don't try this at home, okay? Uh, we're not suggesting you try this out. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can tell you there are actually, and let's look at, beside, let's look at some of the times 
because it is actually a situation where oxytocin is injected into people. Uh, so if you are a woman in in labor or, or close to labor, you, you um, get oxytocin. That's if anyone's listening that had an induced labor um, and they were injected with a chemical called pitocin, P-I-T-O-C-I-N. That's oxytocin. It's just I don't know why they changed the name, but um, and so it'll actually induce labor if you're if you're pregnant and almost ready to induce That's pretty labor. That's crazy. It is if you are a nursing mother and you start nursing your baby, um, oxytocin is released, so it has your uh, milk uh, be available, and then of course you feel lovingly towards the baby that's nursing. That's kind of crazy. Um, we know, uh, you know, when we did our, our episode on stories, we actually talked a little bit about oxytocin. I don't know if you remember this, but we talked about the story arc, and when you get to the top of the story arc, and it's the climax of the story, and if, if you, um, you know, if you're feeling empathy, uh, the reason you would feel empathy for the character is that oxytocin is released. So then you feel like, oh, I hope he makes it. I hope he makes it, you know. <laughs> that's um, that's actually oxytocin. So so if I were to, you know, if I were to have oxytocin injected into me, I would feel very bonded and very loving and very connected to anybody that happened to be around me at the moment. Um, and you know, maybe even inanimate objects. So it, it could be quite dangerous. <laughs> Do not. Why are you planning on like buying some on the black market? And no, it's just it's just very interesting it to, to see what it would do. Now, does it would that effect last? Do we like because because um, it would be a memory. It wouldn't last. Oh, so, oh, I right, see what you're right? saying. Right, would it like burn it in and then once you process the oxytocin next time you saw the person, y you know, it would it would just be there? I'm thinking of um like so let's say your relationship's not doing great. Why take Viagra yeah. when you can get an injection of oxytocin straight into the brain? <laughs> it just okay. jump start that relationship. Wow, but I seriously didn't... though. You, yet you you could you could if you got an injection of oxytocin, uh, um, you would feel you connected. Person, you would tend to feel connected and and loving and, and yeah it would let I don't know exactly how long it lasts probably uh, ten to twenty minutes um, you know maybe if Paul listens to this podcast he'll write in and let us know if I have that, that right or not. And, uh, and it would, you know, you would have a memory trace formed about it. Now, if it just happened one time, you know, and you had one memory trace, that probably wouldn't be a very strong memory. But if you interact with that person again, oxytocin is released again, that would strengthen that, that memory trace and again and again and again. So eventually get to the point where you will remember that person lovingly, even if perhaps you're not around them anymore, right? Or even, even if, I mean, you know, we all have had the experience of having a breakup with someone, right? Yeah. And, and, and in fact, we've all had the experience of having a breakup and feeling like we kind of hate, kind of love them at the same time, right? <laughs> so we have that, that memory, right, of the, of the strong bonding feeling, um, even if, you know, the relationship changed and we don't like them anymore, that memory is still there. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I th the memory of it will last will last a while, I would think. Interesting. Yeah. So, do you want to talk? Do you have any more questions about it, or do you want to talk about how what this has to do with technology? Because you know, this is supposed to be a podcast about humans and technology. Yeah, I know, I know. I so I just wanted to lay down that that benchmark at that establishment so because the question is yeah. and this is yeah. why things get interesting uh, we talked about how humans will bond with animals but like dogs uh, and somewhat cats well cats too but in different ways uh, we are very socially flexible creatures uh, we we have the ability to bond with just about anything um 
So the, the question is, is that do, well, I'll ask you, even though I know the answer, do we bond with technology? Um, really, you know the answer to this? Uh, I would say we do, but I'm not sure, but it's not always, or I would, I would say it's not even usual because of oxytocin. I think we bond with technology more because of another brain chemical, which is dopamine, and more for the reasons that um, I think it was last week when we were talking with Nir, yes, uh, Ayal, uh, and and we were talking about you know forming habits and, and and using technology habitually and even becoming addicted to technology. Um, and, and that's a different chemical that to happen, which is dopamine. So, um, you know, I think we we do bond with technology, but not always because of oxytocin. Now, there's some kinds of technology you see that we would bond bond with oxytocin, and others that we wouldn't. Hmm. So, if we are having a a um, you know, they, there's these little uh, robot animals, you know, that are soft and furry. Yes. And um, that are being used, for instance, with the elderly uh, who are lonely, right? If, if you have someone who's older and they're in a nursing home, you know, they don't have any family anymore and maybe all their friends have passed away. And they don't have a lot of social connection. And we talked about, you know, the medical and emotional problems that can cause. So, uh, and and they might not be able because of, you know, where they live or because of some kind of disability. They might, might not be able to take care of an actual pet. Yeah. Um, but you can give them a, a robot pet, you know, that might be like a dog. It might be like that. And it, you know, it might make haze and it moves a little and uh, it might uh, make noises like a dog or a cat and, you know, and it's strokeable, right? And it kind of moves and reacts to the stroking and that would cause an oxytocin release. So that's a, that's a form of technology that, that people would bond with. I don't think that's how you meant the question. <laughs> but, you know, that, that would cause oxytocin release. And some, um, I think some... Uh, humanoid type social robots um, you know there's a, a, a social robot called Pepper Aww. what uh Pepper Pepper um, who, well, it's created by a Japanese company and um, Pepper is not interesting because it's not soft and fuzzy okay yeah uh, Pepper's you know hard metal plastic uh, pepper I think is about not quite five feet tall uh, pepper talks um, and pepper hugs you can hug pepper uh, there's there's enough things about and it's actually meant to be a sociable robot it actually responds to um, human emotion of uh, from f facial, uh, it'll recognize human emotions on on the human's face, and also in the tone of voice. So um, it reacts kind of human-like, and so people then react to it like a little human-like. And I, so I suspect, I mean, I don't know of any research that's measured whether oxytocin is being released when people interact with pepper, but it's possible in that situation that people might have an oxytocin release and then become attached to pepper. So um, in that sense, I think it is you know possible to, to have oxytocin as forming relationships. So I have my cell phone right here. I'm picking it up. I'm looking at it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the cell phone isn't, it isn't fuzzy. My, my cell phone isn't fuzzy. Maybe <laughs> your cell phone is fuzzy. Maybe we should smooth. make fuzzy cell phones. 
it's smooth. yeah smooth is not the same smooth is not the same ah, it doesn't okay. feel Hold on. there's nothing human about it it's sometimes is sometimes as warm yeah it's still not it's still not human i wonder though it'd be interesting if someone made i'm sure that someone's making like fuzzy cell phone covers but not probably in order to get oxytocin release but that would be interesting but here's what i'm wondering you made me think because i don't think that we'd be releasing oxytocin when we're holding our cell phone however you know if my husband sends me a text right that says uh How's your day going? I hope it's going well. Just wanted to tell you how much I love you, right? Some nice text like that. Um, and then I would read the text and I would go, oh, that's so sweet, right? And then I would release some oxytocin while I'm holding my phone. And I'm wondering if that happened enough, not just with that, but, you know, then I get a text from a friend and, you know, and... It, because so a lot of our interactions with our phones are social connections, which would release some oxytocin. I wonder if we'd have conditioned response, um, and maybe that's why people become as attached to their phones as they do. Maybe it's not just dopamine. Maybe there's a, a connection. You know, conditioned response means if you re you remember about. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this, but but Ivan Pavlov, in the year like 1900, um, uh, studied. He was studying digestion and saliva in dogs. Have we talked about this on the podcast? Uh, I don't know. You can tell it again to all the folks at home. Okay. We probably have. <laughs> in case they make it, you can make they it haven't quick. heard this. Well, if any, if you've taken psychology as an undergraduate. Uh, did you take psychology when you were in college? Yes, I did. So you may have learned about Ivan Pavlov. So in the years around 1900, he's a biologist. He's studying digestion and saliva in dogs. And he was very interested in the idea that when you fed the dog and the dog ate some meat, it would produce saliva. I know that doesn't sound very exciting, but that's what he was studying. And then he noticed that the dog didn't even have to eat the meat. If the, if the dog saw the meat, it would start salivating. And then he noticed that the dog didn't even have to see the meat. If, if the dog heard the bell on the door that rang when the worker came in to feed the dog, just hearing the bell would make the dog salivate. So that's called a conditioned response. The, the meat was paired in the dog's mind with the bell to the point where now the meat didn't even have to be present, just the bell ringing made the dog salivate. So we call that a conditioned response. So I'm wondering if, and that's how habits are formed and so on, I'm wondering if our connection to our cell phone is partially uh, a, a paired connection between um, attachment and oxytocin and the phone because there's so much social connection coming from the phone. And that's why we love it so much. And that's why in the morning when we wake up, we reach for our phone to see if we have any messages right. and so on. Well, if, uh, right? yeah. I think I think that makes all the sense in the world. Um, there's, hmm. I, I, I think that personally, um, I don't know so much about this phone. Definitely when I was younger, yeah. I feel like I would get emotionally attached to my phone. Wait a minute. More when you were younger than you do now? Yes. So why is that? I know why. Uh, it's because you used to have an iPhone. Yes. Now you have an Android phone. That's and, right. And so <laughs> so iPhones are better. I think that I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. Or I was just a teenager and my hormones were much stronger than perhaps they are now. Or perhaps my the mental model of how I communicate is different now. Um, do you th do you do you think it has anything to do with the size of the phone? I mean, you have a large you have one of the larger phones, right? Yes. Do you think it seems more like a computer? 
Like a what? Computer. No. It's more like a window. Hmm. Like it like so so like I feel like a really small phone is almost more like a watch. It's like it's like a notification device, but also has like a screen and you can do stuff on it. I think a really yeah. big phone I don't know. It's more like a book. You're holding it, you kinda of read it, you flip through stuff. But you do use it for social connection. Yeah, all the time. But somehow you don't feel as socially connected to it as you used to. As you used to on a previous phone, which was smaller and was actually an iPhone. Yes. But I think I felt connection with uh, with the my uh, Motorola Razor that was not a smartphone even before then. It was a because, flip phone. Text messages. Oh, and you did use it to connect. I mean, mainly uh, you were using it to connect with your friend. Uh, really, that was kind of Friends. its only use, honestly. <laughs> it, it, it yeah, was, that's it was a really flip interesting. Phone. I wonder. Okay, here's I have another theory. Sure. So when you had your little small flip razor. Right. I was only using it for You were only using it to connect with your friends. Correct. There you go. Yes. All right. And now I almost never use my phone to connect with and my now, friends. Like okay, because so, proportionally, right? So like, yeah, right. I connect. I'm connecting more than I ever have, but I'm also I read the news. I'm playing games. Yeah, see, that's what, okay, I'm reading so other like snap stories, which are not exactly right. They're right. They're not to me. They're just kind of videos. Okay, so here's my so here's my theory. Because I'm not kidding about the going from the iPhone to the phone you have now. What is the phone you have now? Um, it's about two years old. It is a back when Google actually owned Motorola for that hot second, the good old days. Um, it is the <laughs> it is the Motorola Nexus Six. Okay, and it's a it's a larger. No, it's basically the largest phone you can get. It's got a six-inch screen. In fact, the Nexus 6X, which is its successor, only has a a five-and-a-half-inch screen. So they actually made the screen smaller. People complain that the screen was too big. But I I love it. You like it. It's probably the size of – it's probably a little bit larger than the iPhone 6 Plus um, and about the size of a Galaxy Note. So it's a six-inch screen. Um, but it has a fairly small bezel, so the footprint is actually quite small. I think but I think like the iPhone went, 6s Plus might be a larger device, but the screen is. But when you went small. from you went from a regular iPhone, a small you went from an an iPhone an 3GS, iPhone. which had a a three and a half inch screen. Yeah, small screen, smaller, tiny. You went from that to. Yeah, to to the one you have now. So almost, my it's almost four times that, larger. Yeah. So when so when you went to the larger phone, you started proportionally. Here's here's my theory. Proportion in terms of the the amount of time you spend doing things. My guess is when you had the smaller phone, you used it more for connecting with others, and you used like your laptop more for reading the news, going online, looking things up, doing the computer type stuff rather than the social connection type stuff. Absolutely. And then when you and when you had the bigger phone, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I've seen your phone. It's great. And the screen is great. And it's clear. <laughs> and, you know, I'd, I'd use it more, too. Right. I don't have one. I, I'm still walking around with my with my smaller <laughs> iPhone. But by doing that, uh, well, you, no, more yeah, importantly, more importantly than just yeah. the screen size is the resolution. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has a uh, 1440p resolution. So the number of pixels on it actually are, there's more pixels on my phone than there is on my laptop. So looking at my phone at at hand's length is actually a clearer picture. I can read text and do things clear than even on my laptop, even though the laptop's a large screen. Well, your laptop is a little bit old. Yeah, I mean, it's a 1080p screen. It's just not. Yeah. 
So that's so I'm thinking that's why you but see this is interesting. I'm thinking that as when we did that, then we don't become as attached to the mm. phone. You know, this makes a lot of sense. So the to to the to the listeners out there, think back to all the technology devices you ever owned. Which ones did you really, really truly love? And which ones are do you only have a congenial relationship with? Is that the right word? Ooh. That's no. a good word. Okay, yeah. thank you. So, um, uh, and, all right, and, I'm, I'm thinking. And, about and this. what's the proportion of social interaction? And it, now, question with oxytocin. So, let's say I'm reading, uh, for example, I went to the University of Wisconsin. I follow on Instagram Sam Decker. He's a basketball player currently playing for the, well, he was injured, but signed with the Houston Rockets. Um, and I look at his uh, Instagram feed, and Insta- he's got a picture of him with another guy and they're waving at the camera. Am I, do I release oxytocin by looking at that? Or do I need to receive like a personalized message from him being like, check out this thing? You know, it depends, okay? Uh, you don't, it doesn't have to be a personalized message. It doesn't have to be an actual um, connection, connected interaction with that person. Remember, we said when you are watching a movie or listening to a story and you feel empathy for the character, you will release oxytocin, okay? So it doesn't have to be a two-way, right? It doesn't have to be a personal message to you. I, I mean, having said that, though, I don't know if just looking at a picture of him is going to release oxytocin. It have to be a I, picture in context of a story. Yeah, I mean, a video is more likely. Because, because a video is more likely to have mm. the story and then release it. And also, I think we're talking again about the memory. Okay, so if you see, if you have, get an Instagram or you see a picture of a loved one, okay, right, someone that you love that that you have had an oxytocin release with in real life in person then that memory trace could cause an oxytocin release as well. So pictures could, you know, but it just kind of depends. They won't always. So here are a couple thoughts. Yeah. Thought number one, I don't want to, I think the phone thing is an interesting point. And therefore, if you wanted to make a product that people really loved, you should make a product mm. that only does c- human interaction. Yeah. And that hmm. would be that would be the winningest product people would really love. With a fuzzy cover. With a fuzzy cover. <laughs> hey, I was I was alive when Tamaguchi's were a thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and it makes a noise. Yeah, like Tamaguchi was a big deal. I I had one and then I dropped it in a snowbank, so and then it and it was dead. So that's that's and my then it ta- died? That's, yeah, that's my that's my Tamaguchi story. And you were probably traumatized by that. I was really quite sad. Yeah. So yeah, so we just need to make um, a social network that you can only communicate through a physical device, and that physical device is fuzzy. Yeah. And it would be wildly successful. We should probably I do think this. this would be wildly popular. You know, it's too bad we talked about this on the podcast because I think we should keep this quiet and and uh, No, we said it here first. You know. Trademark. Trade trademarks. <laughs> patents. Okay. The lawyer here. The uh, I know that's not actually how patents uh, work. But Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I but I think you might I think you might be right. I think that's a really interesting point. Hmm. You know? And hmm. I think it speaks to this this thing in general, you know, about universal machines versus tons of little devices. This was a big uh, conversation and argument back um, oh, here I go dating myself again. Back like in, around uh, oh the early nineties, yeah. Um, and 
I think it might have been uh, Don Norman, who's a, a very famous uh, human-computer interaction uh, human factors guy, um, who first started talking about you know the fact that we were going to have all these devices. We weren't going to see. We we were starting to lean towards at that point compute a computer that did everything. Okay. Yeah, a, a word processor. It's a word pro. It does your word processing. It does your spreadsheets. It you know uh, it connects you uh, to AOL uh, through your modem dial-up. It um, uh, it does everything. You know you do your PowerPoint presentations. You do your accounting. One machine does everything, and that's where we were heading. You know that's what kind of what we had, and we still had like telephones, but. Uh, it, it, the computer is going to do everything. And the question was, will it stay like that or will we end up with um, a lot of little devices that all do their own thing? And, and the analogy back then was um, uh, the universal motor. So uh, in the, there's a Sears and, I think it's Sears and Roebuck catalog uh ad catalog product catalog that shows you could buy i think this was probably around 1920 you could buy a universal motor and it looked like a upright vacuum cleaner it probably was basically an upright vacuum cleaner but you could buy attachments so in, you could buy the vacuum attachment you could buy the blender attachment you could buy the um, fan attachment. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And they had uh, uh, the they I mean they kind of do the same thing now, where they have um, the stand mixers. Yeah, but this was more than just a kitchen appliance. This was a big thing. Right. And so then, and that was that was what you bought. But now, then of course, it turned into. No, buy a vacuum cleaner, buy a fan, buy a blender, right? You bought, you ended up, I mean, we, how many electrical appliances do you, you know? The, and the funny thing, the funny thing is, is that they all do the same, it, they all have the same motor in them. It's all just a yeah, Tesla yeah, put, electric motor. It's a motor. motor and you plug it in and the, it's a, a switch. fan yeah, and a blender could, and like, it's all the same. And the vacuum cleaner, it's all the same. So... The, the that analogy was used when right. you know like i said in this transition about the computer and don norman said no 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 and we're not all going to have one universal machine we're going to have different machines that are going to do these different things and you know i think in many not not totally but in many ways you know he was right because we you know you have your computer but then you have your tablet and then you have your smartphone and then you have your apple watch and then right. you have right um all these other devices, uh, and now we have you know Internet of Things, right? Mm -hmm. But um, so I like this idea of a dedicated social connection fuzzy device, and it has to be you know small enough to hold in your hand and put in your pocket. And it's probably you know small cell phone size, but all it does is connect you socially so there you go there's our latest idea all right and so then you get oxytocin release now now i want to do a test here uh, this i is don't gonna think be... it should look like a phone i think it should look like a, a little stuffed yes it should look like a stuffed animal um, all right what's your test so uh now now susan i don't know if you'll be able to hear this but i'm going to do a a test for all of our uh listeners out there so, listeners, I'm going to play a sound, and I want you just to close your eyes and think of the past, and when you hear the sound, analyze your emotions. See if you get a burst of something, a, a suite of memories, a feeling of connection, okay? So this is going to be, this is going to be number one. You've got mail. Okay. 
Now that probably sucked. Now, but Susan, if you didn't know, I played the AOL You've Got Mail um, thing. Yeah. Uh, and then here, this one. That's, well, these all suck. I'm sorry. I tried to get, that was, uh, I just did the, uh, the AOL, um, the AOL Instant Messenger, uh, the buddy arriving. Um, uh, let me. I what I what I'd like to do. Well, I tried. This was gonna be cool. Uh. You know, you could edit these in. There we go. I did it. Okay, this one. <laughs> okay, so um, this was, I would say, a failed experiment. <laughs> and to the listeners out there, I apologize. But maybe, maybe it, it brought some of the memories back. Uh, I just the uh, the idea that these that these old um, that the notifications and the sounds from from back in the day when you used like AOL Instant Messenger, where literally the only thing you were using it for was talking. Uh, yeah. If it just brings back memories. Now, maybe it's too long. Maybe it's been, you know, sound is an especially fickle thing. Um, no, 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 no. Sound would have, your, your sound memory is actually a pretty, pretty stable. Compared to smell? Well, no, smell is totally different than anything because um, uh, smell uh, um, goes, all right, so when you see something or when you hear something or when you have a touch memory, that goes to the cortex, the more the higher level of the brain for processing. But your sense of smell and then partially your sense of taste, because taste depends partially on your olfactory system, that does not go to your cortex. It bypasses your cortex and goes right to the, the uh, deeper and more primitive areas of your brain. So it gets processed faster and stronger and is more closely associated with memory. But hearing, um, you, you definitely, when you hear something, I mean, just think about your reaction when you hear the song that was, you know, your song with your friends or with your boyfriend or girlfriend when you were in high school, you know, and all those feelings that that just come and kind of all those memories and all those feelings that come flooding back definitely auditory memories can can definitely evoke, evoke feelings not as much as smell i agree I, I just i don't know maybe i was using like msn instant messenger or something when i was playing when i played the like the aol um im sound which this is that's this one right here it's not doing anything for me it's really it's really not oh. and uh well so i don't know if that's just know. me have, uh, yeah that's just you maybe that's just me you're just uh, I, it's possible i didn't use i mean i know i know we had aol at, at a long time ago and that sound does sound familiar but it's possible i did most of my connection um with like msn uh hotmail yeah. instant messenger i don't even remember what it's called yeah, um, I don't think that you, I don't, uh, my guess is that you do, were not a big AOL user. Interesting. That's my guess. So that's why it didn't do anything for you. Uh, or maybe I just had my sound off the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe I just didn't have sound notifications that's possible. on. Um, so have we answered all your oxytocin questions? Hello. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I like the the uh, hoping to do more brain science episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, here now I have I have one more thought. Okay. Okay. So, is there an oxytocin inhibitor? And maybe you don't know the answer to that. You mean is there something that stops you from feeling oxytocin? Yes, either stops the I mean, creation stops or stops it from or, or stops it from binding. Like the like I the way an SSRN th inhibitor works. 
Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I mean, certainly there are there are people and situations and histories, like histories of trauma. I'm talking about psychological trauma, PTSD, uh, neglect, abuse, that kind of thing, and where um, where people don't bond. Okay, yeah. but I think that's more. That would be more instance of, for a variety of reasons, not producing and releasing oxytocin. Don't know if it's because oxytocin is released, but then, but then gets subverted. But but I'm I, I am really at this point guessing. So I mean, it's just the the potential for that would yeah. just be would be pretty nuts, right? It's a, it would be if you had an oxytocin inhibitor, you'd have a, a molecule that once in you know in the bloodstream would prevent you from feeling affection to anything or anyone. Um, yeah. So yeah, obviously but I, well that happens to people. But I don't know that it's an oxytocin inhibitor that causes it. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it exists. But if you but if you had one, um, right? If you like, uh, the, you know. So the uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just thinking of interesting potential uses for it. I feel like there are weird military applications and. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I hear you. You know, I have another like, question. D- like though. doctors would could. Like I'm going to turn that around. Yeah. Do you think you could give machines oxytocin and then they would love us? Well, probably not. Probably not. That's because it's really complicated because once you have the oxy, because having oxytocin is the feeling. Yeah. And so you'd have to have a sense of consciousness high enough to. You have to have a biology that would allow you to feel. I feel like there are easier. I feel like you should. You would start with dopamine first. Do you think we can inject oxytocin into cats and then they'll love us? Okay, now that is an interesting idea. <laughs> no, I'm serious because you can't really train. You can train cats, but it is difficult. And so, just imagine that instead of like. So okay. Let's do some cat stuff, right? Dogs obviously just love you, yeah. and you can pet them, and they love you. But cats yeah. only sometimes do it. Now, from yeah. what I've read, um, is that the best, if you'd like to socialize your cats to be very affectionate and friendly yeah. and yeah. sit on your lap and all that kind of stuff, the best way to do it is obviously get them when they're kittens, yeah, when they're really, really young, before they're scared of humans. And you just love the crap out of them. You just hold them and hug them and pet them and you like hold them literally just as much as you possibly can during the early days of their infancy. You're uh, probably just getting a lot of oxytocin release. And right? because they're so young, their neural pathways are so flexible that normally that you know it, later in in life. That's, you know, maybe those pathways are a little more shut and they'll only release for the mother. But if you can get a kitten early enough, then it's going to be released for the human. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the cat's life, uh, it's, got a, it's got an oxytocin response to human petting and human touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, right, so the thought is, is you, once when you adopt your, ki- your kitten, is you, you get yeah. the kitten in the room um, and you... They, they, they inject. They have a, the, the oxytocin room. They inject the cat with oxytocin, uh, and then you, yeah. sp- and then you. Sp- By the way, do we? Do you know the half life? How long? How long does oxytocin fade? Do we know? Or you how asked quickly? me that before. I thought I'm, I'm guessing about uh, ten to twenty minutes. Yeah. Right. So then, so you're. I just wanted to double check. So you, so you, uh, so you're in the room and and you inject the cat with oxytocin and then, uh, you just. You just you you hold the cat, and you pet the cat for yeah. twenty minutes. 
the cat's like, oh, yeah. okay, bonding. And you make the pathways. Yeah. And then for the rest of the cat's life, the cat will release oxytocin easy, easily when you, when you pet the cat. Okay, so here's what we have to find out. We have to find out whether oxytocin um, can be inhaled. Because then you could have an oxytocin spray. Right. And then you would spray it on the cat's face or near the human that you want to bond with you. We do have, we, we're going to, you know, between the fuzzy social action device and the oxytocin love potion spray, you and I uh, are just, we're, we're going to take off on, on these two inventions. Sergey, Bryn, call me. Um, uh, we need yeah. to you. We need to ask our researcher friends. They have yeah. answers for this because well, uh, Paul Zach is the one to go to. So we'll go back to Paul. Yeah, and we'll ask him these Yeah, questions. that's right. And maybe <laughs> he sent you a bottle of oxytocin. So <laughs> you must know. He you must know what's going Although on. it was empty, but he did send me a bottle. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, yeah. Paul. We'll, Paul. It. Can yeah. can we make a lot of money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna tricking we'll, we'll cats into loving us. On. We'll let you know. We'll let our audience know what he said. Uh, we'll we'll try this out. And on that note, I think we're done. Just first of all, no. Think of all the applications. No. You're a lawyer, in the in the jur in the room, right? And you're you're trying to get ah. you're trying to get your client acquitted. Yeah, he's being charged like with double a, murder. And in, in closing arguments, like, he 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 from from in his sleeve, he's got he's got like a spray, and it, to, no one can see it, and yeah. and he he releases it while he's leaning over talking to the jury. You know, the jury yeah, just feels this pang of probably, guilt. Maybe it's already happening. I yeah, I we have to find out whether whether uh, it has an effect because a lot of chemicals have an effect. Sure. If, if, you know, they, they can go through, I mean, they can get heroin, into the Doesn't heroin happen. mimic dopamine? Uh, Is that how heroin works? No, they're, they're very different. Okay. But, heroin uh, mimics something. That's why it's heroin. Okay, well, we're, you know, this, this is actually getting research. a little dangerous. The, well, yeah, so the point is, is that uh, we talk a lot about ethics. I feel like if you had, <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm serious. And I, I thought like if, they've gone out the window. No, but if you had a, if you had, I, I don't want to, you know, a weaponized um, oxytocin distribution mechanism, I feel like you could, you could really take advantage of people because you could make them. You could end war. Or you could start war. Oh yeah, I guess you could. But you could you could spray it when you're about to be attacked, and then the person who's going to attack you decides they love you instead. Well, but that's really hard. But I, you know, I actually already did this thought process. The problem is, is that it might make them bond with their comrades more, and they're not at, right because when you're when you're oh. at modern warfare, you're not. It's not face to face. You're just pressing yeah, a button. Yeah, yeah. Only, right. So I don't I, I don't think that would. Yeah. I don't think that would necessarily prevent, but maybe, maybe in like the higher ups. But you could do it instead of nerve gas. Um, how about how how about how about this? Uh, instead of pepper spray, for to to ward off potential attackers, oxytocin spray. Yeah. Right. They're gonna come yeah. and like yeah. uh, beat you up and rape you. Just hit them, right. hit them with that, and nice. all of a sudden they'll just have this like burst of feelings. They love you. Well, yeah, they care about no, you. but they, they right, they care, them. and they just they they all of a sudden are so embarrassed about what they're about to do, they just run away. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's pretty interesting. Of course, the worst is I'll, love I'll potion, like right? You go on a you go on a Tinder date, and yeah. when the person gets up to go to the bathroom, you you spike their margarita with a bunch of oxytocin. Yeah. And then they really... They wow, I'm really... This first day, I really, you know, the texting in the bathroom, you I know, really it's really going well. I feel so person. close already. Yeah. You know, I'm starting to regret that I told you about any of this. Yeah, uh, go ask Paul where I can get myself a bottle. 
Well, I'm gonna find out if it's uh, if it's especially if it can be aerated, aerated in powdered form, and if it can be um, yeah. and if what happens when you ingest it, uh, and also if you can, if if it has to be injected into the bloodstream or for perhaps you, you could. You want to just take write it, down your questions and I'll email them to him. Take it, um, uh, orally <laughs> or through like the nasal passages. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. <laughs> what did what ha, did we just unleash onto the world? Probably. I mean, I look. If you think Probably that nothing. that yeah, like perfume companies, I'm sure. I bet you you can go uh, on Amazon right now. Or, or let's let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of. Um, I'm looking at a place, Vero Labs. Pioneering oxytocin sprays since 2006. As uh, in an aerated form? Uh, so let's look at attract for her. That's spelled A-T-T-R-A-K-T. Attract. No. It, that's that's no. what it is. Um, oh, that's actually for women. So when it says for her, it's not... That's confusing. It's not to attract women. It's actually for women. Um, it's not a powder. It appears to be a spray. Uh, it's eighty dollars a okay. bottle. Too weird. I'm gonna talk to Paul. Oh, He'll know the truth. Oh my God! By the way, by the way, what? This is this is interesting. Yeah. This is actually very interesting. So why oxytocin, it says. Uh, this is at their website, www.verolabs.com. Okay, so oxytocin is a naturally occurring hormone strongly linked to facilitating human bonding and relationships. Vero Labs' unique oxytocin formulas are designed to heighten and enhance these experiences. Um, oxytocin has been linked to many studies to be a key element in facilitating bonding in humans, uh, blah, blah, blah played a pivotal role in, a, in the successful bonding between newborn babies and their mothers, as well as other family members. In 2005, a study by Paul J. Zak linked the oh, hormone God. to feelings of trust in humans. Yeah, we know that. Look at that. We, we say it, and the first website that pops up actually specifically mentions Paul. Wow, Paul is the oxytocin guy. They say sprayed on everything. Okay. Clothing, That's fabrics, yeah. neck, collars, shirts, yeah, scarves, pillowcases, blankets. Oh my god. Okay, we've gone too far. Very interesting though. It does appear to just be a liquid. It would need to be, yeah, a, like a powdered aerated form. Would definitely would definitely be interesting. I'd like to know if with Paul thinks this stuff works. Yeah, I definitely want to know that. So we're going to ask him, and then we'll tell everybody else what we found out. I've gone long. I apologize. Yes, you have. <laughs> we're done. Okay, yeah, we're done. This was uh, this was quite the quite the podcast. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Oh, hey, you know what? What? Let's remind them that they should. Uh, Give us a rating and uh, and so on, so that just, we can just about to do that. Okay, good. So, whatever device you're on, whatever software you use, write our podcast. Give us five stars so that more people listen to it. Share it with everyone. Um, we should probably be doing a better job of that. Uh, there's, um, we will be in Atlanta and we'll be in North Carolina in the in the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested, check out our website, teamw.com. Um, on our, the speaking section of our website, we actually list all of our upcoming events. Uh, and if you have any questions or comments, um, email us at info at teamw.com. Anything else you'd like to add? No, that's it. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for this very interesting uh, crazy podcast yeah good thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon bye